5-7-7-7-4-6-3-7. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Everybody doing good? All right, this half's doing all right. You guys, all right, it's going to be better, okay? We can do better. It's going to be better. Hey, uh, before we jump back into uh, the story of Jonah, as we continue this series, I want to make sure that everyone in here knows about something. Tonight at 530, we have our first newcomer's dinner of the year. Uh, Newcomer's dinners are a great way to get connected, to learn more, to have some fun. It's a great time. Uh, And so, hey, if you, this is how you know, if you qualify to come tonight to the newcomer's dinner, if you have never been to a newcomer's dinner, we want you to come to this newcomer's dinner. Don't tell me you didn't get invited, all right? If you've never been to a newcomer's dinner, uh, we want you to come at a minimum, right? If you're like, I don't know if I want to do this. At a minimum, you will have some great food and play some fun games. It'll be a good time. The only cost uh, for this event, the only cost is that you RSVP when you know how much to prepare for. So if you're interested in coming, if you would text BBQ to 405-777-4637. Uh, we'll save you a spot. We'll make sure to put that up on the screen here in a little bit. But I am looking forward to hanging out with you tonight. If you have never been to a newcomer's center, we would love for you to come. But right now, let's get our hearts ready to receive what God has for you. You guys just put your arms out with your palms up. Close your eyes, just a, a posture of surrender. Take a deep breath. And remember that God is just as near as the air you're breathing. God, today would you guide us closer to you. Help our minds to put away the frustrations of this past week. Uh, Put away the distractions of the coming week. We want to fully focus on you. We come empty with nothing to offer but surrender. Fill us up as only you can. Holy Spirit, move in here today with power. We believe that in advance. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Hey, we are in the book of Jonah. Uh, Last week, we finished with Jonah 1.17. Jonah 1.17. And it says this. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And we really didn't unpack that at all. So before, before we get to that point, I want to give a, re, a quick recap of everything that's gotten us to this point of Jonah in the first 16 verses there. God gave Jonah a message. Jonah ran away from God's message. Jonah did not want to go to the city of Nineveh uh, because it was full of evil people. They really were, this is the capital city of Assyria. These really were some wicked, evil, and destructive people. We gave some examples of how just destructive they were. So Jonah, instead of following the message God had given him, he takes a ship leading to Tarshish uh, to escape from God's plan. And he's on the ship, a great storm comes, and the sailors ask how to stop this storm. And Jonah says, toss me into the sea. And they're like, what? We're not going to do that. So, but after some persuasion, the sailors actually begrudgingly throw Jonah out the boat. That brings us to verse 17. The Lord arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. I want to reiterate this. We said this last week. I want to say this every week of this series. Uh, While this story is about Jonah, God is the main character. It is primarily a story about God. It says, the Lord arranged a great fish. Now, there are some of you who are sitting here, 
And you're saying, yeah, but a whale can't swallow a person. Like I've, I've, I've heard this, I've, that the throat's too small, it can't happen. Uh, I just wanna pause real quick and say this. There were reports of a man who was swallowed and he was inside a whale for about 30 seconds. This was in 2021, you can go find the news link. Uh, in that same article, you can find uh, pictures of another diver who is, uh, he's a videographer underwater and he's actually, you can see pictures of him being swallowed by a whale. Right, just saying that. Right? So don't let that be the thing that gets you hung up. Right? You can't do that. It wouldn't happen. There's people that have experientially had that happen, uh, and we're going to go a little further than some other stuff. Don't let that be the thing that gets you hung up. The word that's used there for fish, uh, it would, it's pronounced, uh, it's D-A-G, like dog, but with a heavy New York accent like dag, right? So it's, that's how you would say it. And the literal translation for this, the word right before it means great, the literal translation would be this is a great Fish, a great fish. Uh, could that mean whale? Yeah, it could mean whale. Could it mean just a gigantic fish? Yeah, it could mean gigantic fish. Jesus actually gives us a little insight too. Jesus mentions Jonah in the New Testament. He says, just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, so the son of man, he's talking about himself, will be buried in the earth for three days. He's talking about his death and his burial. And when Jesus talks about that great fish, he uses a different word, and that word is sometimes translated as Leviathan, right? Which is like a common reference for like a, just a sea monster. That's like what we would describe a Leviathan as, right? So it could be a whale, could be a great fish. It could be literally a word that is translated as a sea monster. Sometimes we get hung up on those things. I don't think the purpose of the great fish, this whale, or the sea monster was for us to focus on how God made this happen but rather to focus on the fact that God arranged for this to happen. And when God arranges for something to happen, it's going to happen. It's funny, we have little to no hangups with the fact that God literally sends a storm and then he calms the storm, but then we get, nope, no way you could get swallowed by a fish, right? I think if he can control the wind and the waves and he can control everything on his planet, you can look it up about these things. You can have an opinion, whether it was a fish or a sea monster or a whale, whatever. But the point isn't about the fish or the whale or whatever it is. The point isn't about Jonah. This is a story about God. And God arranged for Jonah to be swallowed up by the fish for three days. And now, all right, that's verse 17 of chapter one. We've got Jonah. He's in the belly of the fish, in the belly of the beast. He has run from God as far as he could. Like God told him to go to Nineveh, he literally goes the opposite way. He takes a ship going as far away as he can. And it has led him to the belly of the beast. And he's in there for three days. And there's uh, some scholars that have different mindsets on this. Some people say that he, uh, he lived off of uh, his roommates, if you know what I'm saying. Like he sustained himself by eating partially digested other fish, which is like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to get by like that. Others say that maybe he was in there for a while and that he literally died when he was within there. And then God breathes back life into him. There's some that are of that mindset. We don't get a lot of detail about this. The book of Jonah, as you guys have been reading it in those scripture journals, it's pretty brief. But we do get to see, and I wanna, what I want to focus our time on is what we actually get to see Jonah do. We get just a little bit of a moment. We get the prayer that Jonah has. And what we see is so good and it is so applicable to us. 
when Jonah is in the belly of the east, when Jonah is in his darkest moment, when he is run away from God as far as he could run, when he is completely alone, when things couldn't get any worse for him, what does Jonah do? He cries out to God. He cries out to God. Jonah 2, I'm gonna read these nine verses here. This is his prayer. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. And then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their back on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. What does Jonah do in his great trouble? He cries out to the Lord, and it says, the Lord answers him. Jonah called to God by his own words from the land of the dead, and God heard him. He ends his prayer. Jonah ends his prayer with saying, my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Jonah realizes that everything good in his life is from God. The salvation is only found in God. It isn't found in anything else. It's funny because that's how he ends his prayer. And it's almost as if as soon as Jonah gets his heart oriented the way that God desires good things happen, he says, my salvation comes from you, Lord, alone. And then in verse 10, that's immediately after he gets through with that prayer, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. While Jonah's on the beach, God tells him again, go to Nineveh, and this time uh, Jonah obeys. We're going to get into a little bit more of how that goes next week. I want to pause right now just for a moment and reflect on when Jonah turned to God. He turned to God when he was at absolute rock bottom. By his own words, he says he's calling to God from the land of the dead. He says that life is escaping him. Like he, he doesn't expect to make it out alive. He does not expect that. He is completely backed into the corner. He's got nowhere else to go before he cries out to God. No place else to go but to cry out to God. And God is so much more gracious than we are. He's so kind and generous with his love and his mercy. Uh, I don't know about you, but have you ever had someone in your life, someone that's near to you, and, and maybe they need a little direction, maybe they need a little guidance, and so you offer some input to help them, and they do not accept your input. You ever been there? Like, hey, they're in a situation like, hey, I really think, yada, 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 X, Y, Z, and they're like, you know what? That's crap. I'm not doing that, and they don't listen to you at all. 
Then, they didn't listen to you. They get into a pickle. They have nowhere else to turn but to you. If you guys are like me, what are you doing when they're sitting there and they turn back to you? What are you saying? I told you so, right? Like, I told you this wasn't going to work. You want to come to me now to save the day when you've messed everything up. You didn't listen to me, and now you're going to say, hey, would you come help me? (laughs) Rich, sorry about you. You're on your own. You don't lose all your other options and then turn to me. Right? Like, I think if we're honest, that's how, and maybe we wouldn't act that way, but in our spirit, in our heart, that's how we would feel towards them, right? You guys feel me? Am I the only fleshly person in here who's like, man, you got that coming to you? That's not how God responds. I think that's how we might act, but God is so much greater. He's so much kinder and more gracious than we are. God doesn't care if he's your last resort or the first resort. He always welcomes you with open arms. Hear me on this. It doesn't matter if he's your first call or your last call. He's ready to answer the phone. And I think Jonah and his situation is really, it's a great lesson for us. And I want to just focus on, on two takeaways that we get from him. And one's something that we don't want to do like him. One's something that we want to do when we're like him. The first thing is, don't wait until rock bottom to turn to God. Don't let your problems grow into bigger things before you turn them over to God. Turn to him right away. Turn to him right away. Don't wait as long as Jonah waited. Jonah waited until he was literally in the belly of the beast deep in the ocean. He's like, God, I could use some help here. Don't wait till then. Don't run away from what God's called you to do. The second thing, this is what Jonah did that was right. When you're at rock bottom... A lot of us, we let our pride keep us from turning to God. Jonah, he waits till literally every other option was closed, and then he turned to God, but he still turned to him. He didn't run from him. He didn't say, I'm ashamed. I've made mistakes. Just take me. No, he still turns to God, and God still responded. He didn't say, sorry, Jonah, you can't turn to me when I'm your only option. God is always ready to step into your mess and move, always. Don't let pride keep you from turning to God. I know, I know, if I can just be honest, I know that some of you are here and you feel like you're heading towards rock bottom. Like things are just, they're not going the way that you want them to go. You cannot seem to catch a break. And, and others of you that are here, you, you, if you're just honest, you're like, I feel like I'm at rock bottom. I don't know how things that I care about could be going any worse. Like surely things could not be any more difficult than they are right now. And uh, I, I saw this illustration once. I think it's good. I think sometimes God will put us flat on our back so that the only way we can look is up. That, so that the only way we can look is to him. We can't look anywhere else but to him. And I think sometimes we miss that. We get focused on things aren't going my way, that things are going hard, that things aren't going the way that I wish they would be going. Is it possible that he's taken away all these distractions, he's taken away these things, not because they're bad things, not because they're evil things, but because he wants your attention. He wants something not from you, he wants something for you. And I don't care what situation you're going through, hearing this, God wants you to cry out to him. He wants you to be near to him. He wants you to tell him what's on your heart. Jonah was in the belly of the beast. He's deep in the ocean. And 
Only then does he cry out to God. Only then, when he's got nowhere else to go, he cries out to God. And I know everyone in here has different ways that you need to cry out to God. And this would be easy to just say, hey, share what's on your heart, share it with God, turn to God, cry out to God, do that right now, do that, do that. We could just say to go do that, but I don't want to be a church that talks about crying out to God. We want to be a church that cries out and prays to God. So this morning is going to be a little, a little different. Now, I want to invite everyone to a time of prayer together as a family. For the next handful of moments, we're going to pray together. And what I'd like you to do right now is to reflect on your life. Be, be the meteorologist of your life. What storms are happening in your life? To think about the things that, that honestly, they're not going the way that you wish they were. I know this, everyone is going through something. Everyone. Might not be a huge thing, but you're going through something, or maybe it is a huge thing. What I'd invite you to do right now uh, is I'm gonna, uh, every seat should have one of these connection cards. I want you to just put that in your hand, just go ahead and grab that. And then I want you to take a moment, just hold on to that. I want you to take a moment, close your eyes, and to think about some storms that you're facing in your life right now. Maybe it's a financial storm, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's the loss of a loved one, maybe you're just feeling lonely and depressed. Maybe you've got some changes coming up in life and they've got you worried. Don't pretend like it's all okay. Let's be real about the storms we're facing. So I want you to grab that card, hold it. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about one specific storm you're facing right now that you need to cry out to God about. And once you have focused on that one particular storm, what I want you to do is just to hold that card up. And I'm gonna wait until everybody's holding the card up. So I want you to think, reflect on your life what storms are going on. And when you have one that you're ready to, to, to write down on this card, I want you to hold it up high. I want you to think about what's going on in my life. We're going to take a moment just to reflect until everybody's got that card up. Everybody says, I know what I'm going to write down. Okay. I'm going to give a few more moments. There's a few more that need a little bit more time to write something down. I want everybody to be ready. Now what I'd like you to do is to take that pin from your seat and to cry out to God on the back of that connection card. Write out a prayer asking him to move in power. Ask him to calm the storm you are facing. And then once you're done writing that prayer, I'm going to ask you to come put it right here in a pile. We're going to cry out to God on these cards and then we're going to make a pile right here. So take a moment, write that prayer out, call out to God. Ask him to calm the storms in your life. So take a moment, do that. All right, is there anybody else? Uh, we're not in any rush. No pressure. Is anybody else who says, I need just a moment. We will wait for one another. This is a church family. I think that's I think that's all in this pile of connection cards right here. This represents the biggest storms that are in this room 
that we are currently facing. This is the, the storms in the lives of everybody in here, right there. I, I'm sure that in this pile there is death, there is job loss, there are broken marriages, there is heartbreak, there is anxiety, there is depression, there is everything you could imagine right here. And I'm believing that as we ask God to move, that he will respond as only he can. As we cry out to God, he will answer our prayers in his mighty power. Now we've cried out to God and we've written our, our prayers to God, but unlike Jonah, unlike Jonah, we aren't alone in the depths of the ocean. We are surrounded by like minded believers. So not only do we cry out to God for our own lives, we get the privilege of going to God on the behalf of others. So I'm gonna ask you guys to uh, actually come back up. They're all mixed up now, all right? And what I want you to do is to grab a card that is not yours to grab a card that's not yours and to return back to your seat. I know you guys are like, we ain't Catholic. What was all the standing up, sitting down? Everybody stand up. Please come and grab one, a card that is not yours. Would you take a moment, read that prayer for that person. That's that person that's in this room. Pray for that person. Pray for the storm that they're in, that they're facing, that they need God to move in. Would you pray that back to God on their behalf? Would you do that right now? Um, my card says uh, family and finance, finances, uh, God's wisdom and direction. For their family and their finances, God's direction, God's vision for them. Some of you might be thinking, man, I'm pretty blessed. I might be living out what their prayer is. Others of you might be thinking, thank you, Lord, that I'm not walking through this. And that's not the, the point. The point isn't that we've got it better or worse than those around us. The point is this. We are in this together. That we are not alone. That we have one another and we have more than one another. We have a God who is Always with us. Always with us. So uh, for the next seven days, I'm going to ask you to just commit for that card, to pray for that card that you picked up. To take that card and, and put it someplace you'll remember to pray every single day for the next week. To pray for them. Yeah, if you will commit to that. Would you just raise that card high in the air, loud and proud? And we're going to pray uh, today. Say, I'm going to pray for this card for the next seven days. For the next seven days, I'm praying for the storm in this person's life. I'm praying that God would move in power. Let's pray together. God, I pray for all these cards that are raised. I pray for the storms that are in the lives of your people. I pray that you would speak. God, and these storms would be still. God, that you would give us wisdom and guidance and discernment. 
God, that we would trust that our salvation comes from you alone, that it's no other place that we see salvation but in you, God. Help us to turn to you as our first resort, not our last resort. But God, don't let us be fearful of turning to you when it's our last resort. Don't let our pride get away. Help us to always turn to you. God, work through and in these storms. Help them to come to an end with your mighty power. We know you are able. We believe it. We ask for you to move with power in these lives. We ask all these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. God turned to, Jonah turned to God uh, when he was all alone, nowhere else to go. And God still heard his prayer and he answered. God hears your prayers. It doesn't matter if you're in the belly of a great fish, in a bar or in your bedroom. He hears your prayers. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says this, and we are confident that he hears us. Whenever we ask for anything that pleases him, and since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know he will give us what we ask for. Don't be sheepish with your prayers. Cry out to God with boldness. Jonah cries out to God. God hears his prayers, his answers. Jonah, he gets spit into the shore of the beach, right? God gives him the same message. He says, go to Nineveh. Notice, remember the storm that he had in his life. It's all because he was running away from God. And God doesn't change the message. God doesn't change what he calls him to do. He says, no, I still need you to go do that. Only this time, the direction didn't change. The destination didn't change. Jonah changed. Instead of running from God, he decides, I'm going to be obedient from God. And he's obedient to the message God has given him. It says this in uh, chapter 3. It says, on the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds. This is Jonah's message. This is him being obedient to what God has called him to do. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's a sermon right there, right? 40 days from now, this place will be destroyed. Next week, we're going to look at how exactly do these wicked, evil, deplorable people of Nineveh, how do they respond to that kind of message? That 40 days from now, you will be destroyed. I think we're going to see that God can change even the hardest of hearts. That he can move where you never thought he could move. But what would have happened if Jonah never cried out? What if his pride kept him from saying, God, I need you? The story would be over and Jonah would be gone. Don't Ever be afraid or hesitant to cry out to God. To say, I need your help. He wants you to turn to him. And he's never gonna turn you away. Always picks up the phone, always puts you in his arms. He never rejects you, never. I know there's some storms going on in your life. I know there's some storms going on in this room. 
Let's commit to be prayerful for one another. Let's do that. If you believe that God's going to silence some of these storms, that he's gonna calm the waves and the wind, if you believe he's gonna do that this week, would you stand and let's praise God like we believe he is going to move.